Cyber attacks are costly for consumers. That's our text to nation. I'm Fred Fishkin. With us is Lamour Kessum, Principal Consultant, Cyber Crisis Management for IBM Security. Hi, Lamour. Hi, Fred. Well, there is a new IBM security report titled The Cost of a Data Breach that shows how these data breaches have affected the price of goods and services for us all. Tell us more. I guess I'll start with the bottom line of this report. Cyber attacks are becoming more costly, more disruptive, and we're seeing now that organizations have to roll those costs to the consumer. So we're like paying a cyber tax, it's not a hard math to make. Uh, it is uh, basically a cyber attack comes along. It's always an unexpected event that ends up costing a lot of money. So on average this year, we're at $4.35 million. That is 13% over the past two years that the cost of a cyber breach have risen. And at the end of the day, companies have no choice but to start rolling the costs to their consumers or somewhere else in their supply chain. And so that was a major takeaway from the report this year. Tell us about the cyber attack trends that, that we're seeing this year. So we're definitely seeing the persistence of something called ransomware and destructive attacks. In a case of ransomware, that's when criminals are able to lock up the information that the companies use. So they, you know, they cannot access data. If you think of a hospital, they cannot access, you know, electronic records and so on. And that is obviously extremely dangerous. And then they ask for a ransom. They say, you want us to give you the key to your data, you pay us a certain ransom, which obviously is also a few million dollars. And destructive attacks are, okay, you don't pay us that money, we're going to destroy the machines, we're going to make sure they're inoperable. And these are causing very costly and lengthy recovery times for organizations. Um, another place we're seeing this, uh, you know, another trend we're seeing is the cyber criminals are not only going for those kinds of uh, very costly events, they're also looking for leverage. And where they have leverage is in places where downtime is a major thing. So if we look at healthcare as an example, it's not just money, right? They're not just unable to service, let's say, a website. These are people's lives. So this is where they have a lot of leverage, and they're looking for critical infrastructure organizations where they can disrupt them and pressure them into paying a ransom. What are some of the factors that make it so difficult, I guess, to, to, to stop these people, to, to find them, track it, put an end to it? There are many factors, actually. But as you know, our world has become incre increasingly digitized, right? We rely on, on digital uh, solutions everywhere we look. So we have no choice but to use data. We also have no choice but to allow people to access it. You know, you and I are consumers of many things. So it's very difficult to keep the, you know, the criminals out as well. Like get the good ones in, but keep the bad ones out. Um, there's also something called vulnerabilities. Sometimes when software is written, there could be, you know, loopholes in it or something that can make it vulnerable. That's being, you know, there's a lot more of that. And these places are where cyber criminals are able to kind of find their way in. So vulnerabilities are a major thing. Um, and just the skill shortage in this uh, domain. So in cybersecurity, there's a major skill shortage, not enough skilled personnel. So when something bad happens, there aren't enough experienced people to help respond to an attack, to contain it, and to kind of bring the business back to normal. Is there anything in particular that we've, that we've learned from the attacks this year that, did, that can be helpful? 
definitely. There's things that businesses can do in order to make themselves a little more resilient. Uh, so the first thing is, you know, if you don't have a lot of staff, as I said, there's a skill shortage, automate as many things as possible. There are great solutions and applications with artificial artificial intelligence that can help. So these are things that one would do. Also, you know, the government and uh, CISA and other organizations release advice and information that's free for anybody to have. So follow those things. When they talk about doctrines like zero trust that limits access to certain you know, places in your network or how things are being uh, architectured, look at those things and use them. Um, and the last and not least, you know, we're not always going to be able to completely prevent an attack, but we can be ready and prepared that if it does happen, we have a plan in place. And that plan has to be drilled. That is extremely important. And if we know that ransomware is extremely disruptive, have a plan for that as well. What happens if you have a ransomware attack? It's called a playbook. Have those things in place at a minimum. Can you give us uh, any examples of what would be in these plans in these playbooks? Oh, absolutely. Actually, it's part of my job. So what's in those plans is um, we're looking at flowcharts. We're looking at best practices. We're looking at a very detailed plan of if this happens, what you do, who does it, when they do it, how do they contact whoever they need to contact. And it's a very robust plan that also connects with things that businesses already have. For example, business continuity plans, you know, everybody knows those ones, or disaster recovery plans and so on. But when a ransomware attack happens, it quickly escalates and brings into the game your C-suite. Your board is going to be asked about it. Those people are not as drilled about cybersecurity, and this is what these plans address. And so I suppose while backing up is, is important, we all hear about that. Um, this goes beyond that because just having a backup doesn't necessarily solve the problem. It doesn't necessarily solve it. Having backups is extremely important and, it, you know, everybody should still have them. It can help companies come back from an attack faster and, and with more ease. But sometimes, or most times these days, cyber criminals will also exfiltrate the data. So send it to a server they control and say, okay, you don't want to pay us, you have backups. Okay, so we're going to leak all your customer information data, or we're going to leak your trade secrets. So that becomes another leverage that they have. Having backups is still definitely a best practice. You know, we've all gotten notifications that uh, some of our data may have been exposed to credit cards, addresses, etc. But the costs of this uh, seem to go way beyond just having that kind of worry. Yeah, it does. You know, a cyber attack is costly to the organization that loses data, but then there are also other costs, you know, ramifications of costs that come down the line. They're called the long tail costs. And of course, like you're saying, what happens to consumers whose data was exposed as well? Is there a place people can go to for more information about all this? Yeah, so they can go to ibm.com slash security. And they can also just look for the report. It's called Cost of a Data Breach, and it's a very known report. Lamore Kesem, thank you so much for the work you're doing and for taking the time with us. Thank you.